0: Hey, lovelies. This is For Us, Chapter 28, The Sex Talk, Reprised. Reprised? I only know how to write it. I can't say it. John. Monday morning, John was up before either of his housemates, wading into the pile of readings and assignments that he'd been unable to tackle over the weekend, with a coffee gurgling behind him as it perked. Grimly, he blocked out the time it was going to take to catch up on his homework between the shifts. He was barely going to be able to squeeze in a 15-minute yoga stretch, let alone extended time with Kurt. Sighing, he counted the weeks until semester end. Eight? Could he do eight more weeks like this? Was it time to find someone else to cover nights and join the world of waking humans again? Not that he cared about the world of humans in general, but it was feeling particularly hard not to be spending every off-work hour with one human in particular. When Kurt padded into the kitchen in his paint-spattered jeans and t-shirt and sleepily helped himself to coffee, John emerged from his laptop, stretching and getting up. Bad news, Visser, he said. Your boyfriend is buried in homework all week. Kurt's eyes narrowed in a smile through the steam of his coffee. Guess I'll have to catch him in passing and keep myself warm with weekend memories. John leaned his shoulder against Kurt's, sighing. A few sips of his coffee later, Kurt seemed a little more alert. You work the same as last week? Done shift Thursday at 11? Yeah, John said. For a second, Kurt looked hopeful and then his face fell. Shit, Nikki's on nights. That's the one he has off and we have practice. I think I can get away by midnight. Is that too late for you? John pulled up on the base of his neck, stretching out the tightness that lingered there. He added to his mental to-do list, the notes for the next session of diversity training, 9 a.m. Friday morning. I can wait up. "'What are you doing right now?' Kurt asked. "'Coffee break,' John said dryly. "'I brushed my teeth for you,' Kurt wiggled his eyebrows suggestively. John laughed and took his face in his hands. "'Come here.' His boyfriend blindly set his coffee on the counter as he kissed. It was cold before he picked it up again, and Kurt slurped it down in one gulp on his way out the door with Carrie, turning to walk backwards and catch John's eye, his lips curling in his mischievous smile. Till tomorrow, White.' Fifteen minutes with Kurt over his morning coffee kept John going all week. In his work office, during pay, doing payroll, doing laundry, prepping diversity training, answering emails, or at university, writing yet another reading response paper, he mentally counted down the days until Thursday night. Kurt Monday evening, alone in his room, with nothing to do and no one to see, Kurt laid on his bed and stared at the ceiling. What did he used to do in the evenings? He made a face, sitting up. Never mind, he remembered. He tapped the library website and filled his calendar with whatever the hell they were doing every night. There was an AA meeting every day, looked like he was going to be making new sober friends and joining a book club. John deserved a boyfriend with his shit together, and sweet baby Jesus, he was hung up on the taste of John's lips, along with everything else about him. Coffee break was the highlight of every day, and he was counting down till Thursday night john thursday morning john had to take a cold shower after kurt's goodbye there was a text from his dad and his phone when he climbed shivering between his own sheets to sleep a couple hours pete you're on my heart today son red heart time for a run this afternoon that sounded exactly like the kind of exertion his body needed today to stay focused at work this evening and in an acidic little worry had begun to coil in John's stomach with each passing day. Maybe it would help to talk to his dad about this. Yes, I'd love that. Two at our usual works for me. He was unconscious within minutes. Their usual was a trail through the river valley a short distance from Pete's office. His dad was waiting on a bench against the trees, his bearded face tipped up to the leaves turning gold against the deep blue sky. John leaned down to embrace him briefly, saying... Good to see you, Dad. Thanks for the text. I needed a reason to get out of the office early today, Pete said with a smile, and their feet fell into step, crunching on the gravel as they jogged into the trees. They didn't talk as they ran. Pete saved his breath to keep up with John, and John's mind was occupied with trying to figure out how to talk about what he thought they probably needed to talk about. On the rise of a hill, overlooking an arm of the river, curving brown between the rolling patchwork of green and gold, they slowed to a walk and then stopped to stretch and catch their breath. How are you, John? Pete asked, giving him a sideways look, still breathing hard as he pulled his heel back and steadied himself with a hand on the back of the bench. How's Kurt? John smiled, biting the corner of his mouth. Good. Very, um, distracting. I've had crushes before, but nothing like this. He's on my mind first thing when I wake up, and last thing before I go to sleep. He rubbed sweat off his forehead with the back of his wrist. I'm a little worried it's too fast. John's stomach dropped, admitting that. Not just a little worried. That I'm losing my ability to judge if I should let this go forward, or if it's a huge mistake. That's messing with me a little bit. Pete shook out his legs and sat on the bench, patting the be- seat beside him. Below, the river sparkled, peeking between brilliant yellow aspen leaves and dark green firs. I've always admired your discipline, John. You have an unusual ability to stay focused on your goals over a long period of time and grind out the work. The shadow side is perhaps a discomfort with unpredictability and with your own feelings. John stretched out his legs in front of him, eyes on the view. His dad never got a job as a pastor again, but he'd never quit being a pastor. Pete had an uncanny ability to see to the heart of people, and John had come to rely on him. One of my feelings ever been trustworthy, Dad, he muttered. I would argue they've always at least been honest, Pete said lightly. And the work you've done to listen to yourself has borne good fruit. You're more reliable than most thirty-year-olds. You're more reliable than most 30-year-olds because you're not pushed around by feelings you're unwilling to face. That was hard work, and you did it. John laughed dryly, tipping his face back to the sun and closing his eyes. Hated it. His dad's hand brushed his shoulder. Proud of you. P was quiet a few moments. There's no way to know for certain if you and Kurt are going to work out, and that is disconcerting. From my perspective, all the potential is there. I think it's appropriate to allow your priorities to be reshaped by your feelings for him. To adapt your life to make space for your relationship to grow and see what comes. John looked sideways at him, frowning. Once again, this was not what he had expected his dad to say. Pete smiled back. I guess what I'm saying is, as your father, and as another adult man, don't be afraid of the size of your desire for Kurt. Don't try to... He made a box with his hands as if he were squishing something small. The way that you do with the fullness of your personhood at your workplace. I understand why you make that choice, for the sake of your work, with those children. But with the man you love, let yourself... He opened his hands, expanding them like a flower blooming. John breathed out, looking away and curling forward to lean his elbows on his knees. His ears were hot and red as bricks. From a kiln. Dad, if I do what you say, we're going to have sex. The words were stilted and he made himself say the rest. And And I want to, so much. But I'm fucking terrified. He gripped his hands together until his knuckles showed white. What if we're wrong? He shot Pete a look, where he sat on the other side of the bench, his hands loosely folded, looking at his feet. What if, perver- persu- what if pursuing this with Kurt is just a perversion and I'm lying to myself that it's okay? His throat was tight and the words frayed as he pushed them out. Pete returned his look, his eyebrows drawn down. That sounds too much like the voice that drove you to harm yourself in high school for me to trust it. John bowed his head, tucking his elbow against his side. How can you be sure? Pete sighed, clasping John's shoulder briefly, the one lined with script under his sleeve. You've always had a very sensitive conscience, son, and you're quick to listen and obey. Quick to accuse yourself, even, and take up heavier burdens than the Lord intends. Let me remind you, as your sometimes pastor, that the voice of the Spirit brings life and hope. She stirs our conscience to specific right ant action, not a vague sense of accusation and rejection. Is there something specific you feel stirred to do? John's laugh broke and he turned his face aside, remembering the taste of communion wine and Kurt's skin. I don't know if it's a spirit stirring or just my own. He waved his hand over the front of his body. Fleshly desires, his mouth twisted using that old biblical phrase. Or whatever. Hmm, Pete said, leaning back on the bench, taking in the crisp, fall scene. It's been on my mind I should have spoken to you about these things sooner. I had this talk with Kerry years ago. He took a slow breath, tucking his graying beard into his chest. I'm sorry, John, for shying away because of my own discomfort and sense of inadequacy. John frowned at him, flicking tears out of his eyes. Pete said... The desires of your body are a good and normal part of being human, including your sexual desires. They're an integral part of God's good design for us. When you fulfill those desires with your loving, committed partner, it's a very sacred thing and deeply pleasurable for you both. It's appropriate to approach that act with reverence and care, but sex isn't something you need to fear or be ashamed of. It's a beautiful gift. Tension shook in John's body. You believe that for us, he said tightly, me and Kurt. Yes, I do, Pete said. John looked sharply at his face. His father's eyes were steady on his, his smile creased with sadness. It's not straightforward, Pete allowed. You're going to have to make accommodations and take more care than you likely would if your partner was a woman. But you and I both know that's not an option for you or for Kurt. John's face felt like it was on fire, and he held still, eyes riveted on his dad to absorb every word. Pete touched the gold band on his index finger and then folded his hands loosely over his knees. This may surprise you, son, but I have decades of experience with good sex. In the privacy of our bedroom, your mother and I enjoy doing things that might seem weird or gross to describe, but are tender and delightful between us. And I believe the same can be true for you and Kurt. The truth is, when you're in a loving, long-term relationship, your sex life is full of little moments of accommodation. For example, even if your partner was a woman, she might be unable to receive you without pain in a certain position, or when she's heavily pregnant. And you would communicate with each other about that and just adapt, so you could continue to experience sex as a pleasurable experience. He checked John sideways like he was looking for permission. Go on. John said softly. Pete's forehead wrinkled a little. I guess I'm saying I don't hold that there's one God-ordained right way to have good sex. The boundary line God lays out for us is that sexual intimacy is best enjoyed inside a loving, committed relationship with our marriage partner. And that's a boundary there for our good, not because God's a big killjoy. That's the gold standard that I would hold out to you. Fidelity, commitment, and care towards one another. Not whether or not your partner has a vagina. John made a face. Ew. Pete laughed quietly. I mean, I personally love vaginas. One in particular. John pretended to throw up. Dad. Pete rubbed the side of his face thoughtfully. I guess you feel about that the same way I would feel about finding a second penis in my bed. Correct, John said dryly, giving himself a little shake. He crossed his arms over his chest, taking in the fall colors and the light glittering on the water below them, trying to absorb this into his body. His dad thought he could have good sex with Kurt Visser, inside a marriage just like Pete and Mel. Practically speaking, Pete said hesitantly, when you're going to take that step, the first thing you need to know is have lubricant and condoms on hand. John startled, a little horrified, Are you seriously? I don't know who else is going to tell you these things, Pete said stubbornly, that I actually trust you with. And I want to be sure you're safe. That's still my job as your dad. Second, he held up two fingers, checking that John was paying attention. John shut his mouth, face flaming so hot he could feel it in his eyeballs. Clean yourself well, before and after. Third and most important, be very attentive to one another in the moment listen to your body to what feels good to you and to him the skin inside you is fragile and doesn't self-lubricate so take your time with each other jesus john squeaked covering his face with his hands he never wanted to hear his dad say the word self-lubricate again are you done he said in a strangled voice that's all i got pete laughed unsteadily leaning back and stretching his arms over the bench So, I recently learned how to clear my internet search history. John laughed, all his tension releasing in that sound. I googled how to have safe anal sex and clicked anything that looked like a medical article. John was laughing hysterically now, imagining his pastor dad at their home computer in his slippers and reading glasses, clicking these links out of concern for his gay son. Pete cleared his throat, his own face pink now. It turns out the magazine Cosmopolitan had the most helpful information with regards to pleasure, so there you go. Who knows what that says about the state of the world these days? I could send you the link. John wiped his streaming eyes, out of breath and not sure now if he was laughing or crying. Thanks, Dad. Good sex talk. You really went above and beyond. Pete breathed out. Really, that was okay? John turned towards him, burying his face against Pete's chest and wrapping his arm around his shoulder, hanging on, crying as it turned out. Maybe Kurt was right. Something had been bottled up, the last dregs of self-loathing and fear. Pete put his arms around John's body, pressing his lips against his hair. His contented sigh shook his whole body. I love you so much, John, he said softly. You're such a good gift to the world. You know that, right? You're such a good gift to Kurt. If I get to walk you down the aisle and hand you off to him one day, I'll be the proudest dad in the world. This has been For Us, Chapter 28, by Rachel Runnels, All Rights Reserved. Be well, lovelies, and have a good sleep.